Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we broadcast from socially acceptable Brooklyn as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 95th episode in the series, Till Death Do Us Volley. Uh, And yet another in a line of just bizarre (laughs) storylines, but that work, that are just fun. (laughs) It's so funny. I... You know, I, I love this episode. I feel like I do hold it as one of my, like, at least top 20, maybe All top right, 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I but I, it's so funny. Like, every, and it, it is bizarre. It, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I do want to talk about some, some, some plot holes, but um, every line is so funny. Oh, my God, I know. And it, it's like, when watching this again, similar to the last couple of them, you know, we had this, like, the writers getting punchier, you know, the new writers getting punchier run. Um, I just, I did kind of realize fully for the first time, like how weird this is, but (laughs) how many fucking gems are just part of this, like everything about it. And it's just, it works. It really works. And I'm, I'm really glad that in, in this kind of an episode, it's like a different style of golden girls episode where it can be sort of delightfully goofy in its premise, but still be, the essence of the show yeah totally i think that's a a really um a really great synopsis i mean like from the very beginning when dorothy's like you'll never believe who i just got off the phone with and and somebody's like trudy mcmahon your best friend from high school she's coming to my andy for high school it's like (laughs) i mean there's no stopping so great it just takes off they're like make the most of the 26 minute format (laughs) exactly yeah as many jokes as you can pack in totally it's you're right that's actually like one of there's not even like a slight there's one line which is a setup line it's not you know it's not even introductory line it's not even explanation it it does like in that comedic pitch it does the work of setting up the premise for the episode which is that her best friend from high school is coming for this reunion um and we'll talk about why it's in miami in a minute (laughs) but but, but like that's what's so great it's exposition and it's the setup for a great joke all in one line it's awesome it's It's just so really good writing (laughs) but uh but yeah okay so they're having a high school reunion in miami (laughs) right i guess there's a lot of snowbirds and it's just like a pole of i that was my thought was like okay maybe they wanted to do it in a good location maybe it's winter nobody wants to come to new york in the winter i'll i can buy it but it is it doesn't make any sense and there's no like thought to explain it you know like there's oh yeah of course the reunion's here no (laughs) it's the same reason why stanley lives down there too i mean like all all of it is just very very silly and it's um but I mean, I will concede that if there is anywhere where you can make a vague assumption that most people from X place will now be living in Florida, it's it's New York. Right. <laughs> so, sure. so I get that. Somebody um, here doesn't remember prom night 1946. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not somebody. Um, what's really great about this episode being now, much like the fact that it was like we did our Valentine's Day episode when it was Valentine's Day, is just yesterday um a friend of mine texted me the uh you know wherever she saw it probably facebook i'm not on facebook but a little uh jpeg of my 20 year high school reunion invitation wow (laughs) which is really funny because it's it's like 
I, I was actually very impressed with the graphic design because it looked like Saved by the Bell's logo, which was pretty great. Cool, um, I like that. But it was like, it was just so funny because it was just immediately, I was like, it wasn't even a location or anything yet. It was like, let us know if you want to help plan it, which no. And uh, my high school did that too. And they were like, please, we need volunteers. I was like, you could not pay me enough money to step <laughs> foot in this bar. You think you can pressure me into volunteering to organize this? Are you kidding me? Well, what's even funnier is that, like, I remember thinking this in high school where I was not the kind of person who wanted to join, like, student council or anything like that. But, like, it was a totally different ask of, like, okay, you want to be president of student council freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, that's fun. Senior year, you are signing up for life to organize this shit. Like, that's crazy to me. (laughs) Like, when you are 18... If I may, as the social chairperson of my student council, senior year, <laughs> oh, yes. you can respectfully decline any future commitments. Well, I tell you, though, I had that thought way back when, when this yeah. guy um, ran with uh, uh, his vice president, uh, his running mate was the surname Cooper and uh, nicknamed Coop, you know, as you do. And the person running, who did actually win by a landslide, um, was a guy who, rumoredly, in a rumor, of course, I was not, you know, in in the the social circle, this guy, where he ate his own uh, shit on a bet. What? um, Or at least tasted it. So his nickname was Poop. So they ran as Poop and Coop. And oh my god i won. hate i hate teenagers i'm sorry <laughs> i know so anyway poop is organizing which i was very pleasantly surprised to see that he was fulfilling his his 20-year duty <laughs> that's nice i mean a good that's a big commitment i'm happy it's a very him. big commitment i'm i'm sure i'm hope hopefully he's eating more nutritious things these days anyway, yeah. anyway. that's enough about my fucked up high school and my, my reunion <laughs> that i will not be going to but um Anyway, it, it is funny because I do feel like in the fandom, there is a lot of chatter about why their reunion happens to be several thousand miles away from where yeah, high totally. Is. And you know what else like doesn't come up enough? I feel like Blanche went to high school with somebody who won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Who? Yeah, totally. And I love so much that Blanche is like, yeah, but she let her looks go to hell, go which to is hell. so... <laughs> You know, it's such a good line. And it is, I do actually feel like, you know, it's exaggerated here, but um, I think high school reunions are like all about that, right? Like, I do think if you win the Nobel Prize, but like, maybe you've gained some weight. There are, there is a group that's gonna be like, can you believe that? What a loser. (laughs) For real. For real. It's absolutely unbelievable. And, but it's perfect because the way Blanche has her retort is like, well, of course, Dorothy, but like, not in the way that where how I measure it and how it matters right <laughs> like, I what success yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly oh it's so great um but I, I also just want to call out the refund on call waiting line which is just like perfectly <laughs> dating <laughs> this episode in the timeline um and I just I can't even believe we're at the end of the 80s already which blows I my am. mind so but uh, but yeah, so then anyway, so back to Trudy's relationship, right? And Dorothy, and she just said, it was all part of a happy, healthy rivalry. And watching this episode not for the first time, it almost sounds like Dorothy is trying to convince herself that it was a happy, healthy rivalry, right? Like the whole obvious, the, the whole prom night, 1946, where she's like, ha ha, it was funny. And you're like, no, it wasn't. You were totally crying over it. Like, that was right. miserable. So it's just really funny, like, looking 
looking back at that line, knowing how fucked up the storyline is and knowing these like kind of horrific pranks <laughs> that they're playing on each other as yeah. adults. Um, it is funny because that line just comes out really stilted. Like she's just trying to say it out loud to be like, obviously it's totally cool. <laughs> Yeah, right. I totally see that. And I think also um, Dorothy's prom is another big area of of mystery because I'll, okay, so you have two proms, but like she was stood up, she gave herself hickeys and danced with a rake. She went with her right. brother. Like what is, she got pregnant. Yeah, the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I know. What's the story? So this one um, night just held a lot of uh, I know. Intensity. John Noretti was there. Like what is going on? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, I think that that's a really um, interesting observation because Dorothy isn't not competitive, you know, as we've yeah. seen, like with the bowling and, and she wants to win things, but she's not Rose. And so like, yeah, exactly. her response of like going to tennis lessons, I actually think is also really nicely weaved into that kind of like, is it a healthy relationship or was she just really mean to you type of deal? You know, like she doesn't want to just like be an average tennis player when Trudy comes to visit. Exactly. Exactly. Which I also like in and of itself, just looking back and clearly like I'm a little more than halfway to Dorothy's age (laughs) in this episode. But even now I'm just like, Like, you know, for instance, like my disinterest in going to my high school reunion, because I have already set myself up as a person who I keep in touch with who I want to keep in touch with. I have no interest in like I have some curiosities, maybe about like three people, but obviously not curious enough to like reach out through the Internet and figure out what they're up to and say hi. Like if I saw them on the street, I'd say hello. But I I just feel like the the reunion that like my high school wasn't this like super comfortable place and where it was a super comfortable place was within my friend group with whom I already stayed in touch (laughs) so it's just really kind of interesting of like the desire to prove yourself or to have this competitive nature because one I'm just not a competitive person at all so I don't really understand that drive and it just sounds really exhausting to like go out and take tennis lessons yeah (laughs) when your friend's coming so anyway I do I do agree with you like that she does have this competitive side so it does kind of make sense for the Dorothy character but obviously Trudy as a character and her drive and desire is doing most of the work in this episode and and it's they sort of just like the writers are sort of just allowing Dorothy to like step a little bit outside of the norm and it's not right. wholly off because then we wouldn't like this episode. We'd be like, that's not Dorothy. What are you talking about? So I think they balance it really well. But obviously, like, this kind of weird prank pulling, like, doesn't come up again. Particularly right. when Sophia, <laughs> like, loves playing pranks, right? Like, yeah, so it's, exactly. It's really, it's really just, like, isolated here. But I think it does a good job of, like, balancing and also just being like, come on, man, you wouldn't really do that (laughs) yeah no and I think that the that Trudy is such a good character because like she comes in with this like big flight attendant energy you know but she's (laughs) well said she's like likable even though she shouldn't be like I do find her to be annoying as like a I mean everything that Dorothy says about her is is pretty much awful but (laughs) you can kind of see that there seems to be like a um a camaraderie or something like that like there's a chemistry which is really nice and like yes some of it's a little on the nose like when they walk in the kitchen and they're arm wrestling that's a little bit like okay i know 
right away. Um, But I love the, like, I love it. I think it is very, I think it fits with the relationship that Dorothy has described, even though that relationship is super unrealistic and like their current dynamic is super unrealistic. It's at least consistent. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think what's interesting too, is her husband, Jack, like has to be the kind of like super likable character. And he helps feed the fact that like, there is something to Trudy, right? Like, like he doesn't suck or he's not just like generic. Like he's actually really charming and fun and like magnanimous. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like, so yeah, clearly like you wouldn't be with her if there wasn't like something to this too. Yeah. So it's just the whole package is just, yeah, it's really written well. And you're right. Like she (laughs) big flight attendant energy. She like, she kind (laughs) of should be someone that we're pissed off about, but like, we're not at all. Right. Because also I think the conversation dynamic is, is like, it feels very mutual. Like they're, yeah. they're trading barbs for sure, but there's no, it's not, honestly, it doesn't even feel like Sophia and Dorothy where it's like completely one way, you yeah, know, like yeah, Dorothy right. comes back at her and she's, you know, like the left one turned out nice. Like there's so, she really I gets know. her a lot of times and Trudy obviously, you know, sends it back, but it does sort of, it's kind of like sibling esque I feel you know like it's like they're so comfortable with each other and there's obviously like a love but um also (laughs) one thing I wanted to call out is that Dorothy makes a joke about the rumors that Trudy was three months pregnant at graduation Uh but like was Dorothy pregnant at graduation (laughs) girl what (laughs) that is an excellent call out going back to our discussion of what really happened on Dorothy's prom exactly (laughs) Jesus Christ yeah you're like okay well which is really funny because that is like counter to reality whereas Trudy actually makes a dig at Stanley leaving her you know so it's like which also was just a few years ago so anyway I'm really confused yeah that's a little harsh I think yeah (laughs) exactly I do love the the breast conversation were they like that in high school Mrs. Petrola oh no her breasts (laughs) were actually a lot smaller back then such a great line it's so funny because also incredible her the to begin the response with oh no you know it's like so it's like you totally forget what the subject matter is for a second and then exactly. her response is just like it's perfect <laughs> i i really feel like this one is there's every single thing is funny like it is it the bull is. castration club <laughs> oh my god so and i'll say it again like when rose goes on her goofy ass stories which again as we mentioned the writers are getting punchier so the, the rose stories are getting weirder like that goofiness only works because it's countered brilliantly by like Dorothy and Blanche's looks. And in particular, this one, Dorothy's just staring at her. <laughs> it's just epic. And I just, I'm just going to keep talking about how that works for me because obviously, then if it didn't have the anchor to reality, it would just be too fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, it would be too weird. No, and I know we're kind of jumping around in this living room scene, but it's like truly just like one joke after another after another and then there's like so there's the breast conversation then there's like what is this nova i don't have all the answers like that's funny but then you think and you know like typically i feel like that would kind of be it like there would be like the the music and they would sort of like go whatever there's a whole nother really funny bit where sophia is basically like stealing the scene when she's like oh you heard that i know so great thought i was safe backed up against these pillows <laughs> oh my god of all great. the sophia fart jokes that is probably my favorite it's like the, the best i thought one, i was I safe it's re- it's so great <laughs> 
Because it really brings you into this, this like a very practical hiding a fart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so great. Um, the only other thing I want to point out about this is because it comes up later is Blanche is so well used as like just like her interjections when yeah. Trudy's like, how does it feel to have your butt whipped? And her response is like, well, sometimes <laughs> I find it strangely because it comes up later in the in the bedroom where she's like, not necessarily a bad person. And it's just totally. so she's like, she's not so heavily featured in this episode. But when she is, her lines are just perfect. She and obviously, shines. like, you know, Rue McClanahan just knocks it out of the park exactly oh my god but yeah you're right like she she fades a little bit more into the background i mean as does rose too but like they just they're excellent support here right they really are um okay so the tennessee (laughs) it's so funny to me how wildly hard the audience laughs over just a simple visual gag of the three of them going (laughs) back and forth with their heads because it does work and it's one of the it feels like fucking like laughing yoga because it's like one of those things where it's like it's not that funny but because the audience laughs so hard I laughed really hard (laughs) (laughs) it's just like the laughter begets laughter because it's just so simple and it's fun to see them in a different set right like we haven't seen this before and I, I just love it it's wonderful yeah it's great I mean that whole scene like is so funny and like them looking back and forth i feel like it's just funny to watch someone watch tennis like it doesn't even (laughs) need to be the golden girls right like you're right it is pretty ridiculous (laughs) um dorothy's bornack doesn't know the meaning of the word forfeit honestly one of my favorite exchanges ever because also like this is like what you were saying before like betty white supporting this scene and like that response is just so good because it's another one where you think they're gonna be it's gonna be done when she's like and she's a teacher too totally like another line well about- i mean yeah <laughs> the japanese being <laughs> yeah they could have done without that one without without you know bringing race into it but i mean even just the exchange like and she's a teacher too with the like yeah. <laughs> the shame and her voice is like oh god it's so brilliant it really is yeah You're right. I mean, it's one of the best lines in this entire episode for sure for sure and like you know, I feel like this is peak, like, well, I don't know, Cold War time. You know, like, we're, we're trying to be competitive on a national or a, an international stage about everything. And, sure. you know, this was so, like, I don't know if this, I'm sure this was drilled into you as well. But, like, America is supposed to have the best educated kids and blah, blah, blah. And, like, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't. We absolutely <laughs> so don't. She's right. Never Our teachers have. don't even know the meaning of the word forfeit. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Also, the narration of, like, what's happening off screen without them like all rushing down to the court is really (laughs) funny like it's not far away guys you're like three (laughs) steps in just go out yeah it's a pretty like low-key reaction to somebody maybe just like suddenly dying right (laughs) 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 it's just it's like those few moments where like you can't really get around it because it's a sitcom and a fourth wall sitcom at that it's just like yeah (laughs) it just has to be part of it and we must have missed like a very dramatic couple of hours because like i this is like what we're talking about at the beginning like here's where it gets like extremely unbelievable is like her husband must have been feigning like extreme grief obviously were there doctors called like did she call the hospital in Miami before and was like, I got this great joke. <laughs> what is going <laughs> yeah, on? That's very true. If you trace it back even a little, you're like, this doesn't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is impossible. 
Also, just skipping ahead, like, Dorothy's explanation for the joke that she played on Trudy was just her thinking, what if? (laughs) Right. (laughs) No proof whatsoever. (laughs) Or thought into all of those conceits that you just listed. Yeah, exactly, right. (laughs) You know, suddenly it occurred to me. It must be her thinking. (laughs) Patented Trudy McMahon joke. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. It's absolutely absurd. Oh my god, but very, very funny, obviously. Um, <laughs> I just really, I just love that. So, anyway, I, I, I do enjoy when they are all consoling Dorothy, you know? Yeah. Sitting around the kitchen table because they're all sort of like like touching her and leaning into her. It's like a really nice scene, you know? It is sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, with the supporting characters, you're like, technically, I mean, nothing that would hold up in a court of law. <laughs> And then, obviously, the socially acceptable Brooklyn line, perfectly delivered, but, you know, you and some Yahoo cracker with four first names (laughs) pawing at each other under a magnolia tree, just try to shy away from words like tarnation and catfish. (laughs) Ah, killing me. Killing me. This whole exchange is incredible. So funny. It's so good. And it's because, like, you know, like, she even, like, before Blanche goes off, Dorothy's like, I'm very vulnerable now. Like, please respect totally. it and Blanche goes off on this crazy thing about Kathy Lee and whatever and then it is really funny at the end when she's like she slept with my daddy and like <laughs> totally you know my family had a few dollars and I loved them dearly but when you get right down to it basically they were trash yeah she it's so funny this is one of my favorite Blanche stories too because Absolutely. of the interjections and also like the, the self-awareness the self-awareness and then the response too when Dorothy you know says that and she's like we can't all come from places as socially acceptable as Brooklyn. It's totally. So it's great because it's also like she's still trying to be tender, but you know, Dorothy just kind of like yeah, dumped in on her, her own so way. She's of got to respond. But like again, this goes back to like the Rose stories versus the Blanche stories. Is that they're both like largely unbelievable and like wildly ridiculous i will obviously grant that roses are more ridiculous because they usually usually involve more supernatural things right you know animals talking whatever but um (laughs) or you know herring juggling um but i think that it's because blanche has this awareness of just like when she says a story out loud of like how ridiculous it is that brings me back down to earth and really like locks it in and makes it funnier to me because it is like a person like reminiscing about their childhood and you know it's just so key in this episode of like looking back on high school and then just being like what the fuck was that yeah yeah (laughs) it's really fun and like reflecting on your parents too like we've talked about a couple times as as, like um you know Barrett from uh so good we named it mentioned on our our special episode of like the men are present a lot of the men are presented as like absolutely awful to um their partners and like we talk about Big Daddy cheating a couple other times, obviously, but, like, this is just, like, clearly by the level of acceptance, <laughs> to borrow from the scene, like, this is something that Blanche's mother, Big Mommy, was, like, familiar with, and, like, she got a gift, like, he totally. gave her a big gift, and they, like, moved forward, but this wasn't the first or last time he had, like, extramarital affairs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Basically, the men were trash. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I mean, I have some questions about Big Mommy also not being, not letting Blanche be friends with somebody whose mother was not in the Daughters of the Confederacy, but we can <laughs> yeah, save that for fair. another time. Very <laughs> fair. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the Dorothy Killed Trudy party. All right, but hang on. So is that the reunion? 
Or I, is it at their a house? Party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which one it is. They're like, come on, there's a party out here. Oh my gosh, the people are arriving. You're like, what? Is the the actual reunion at your home? I'm not really sure. I was thinking maybe it was a special mixture because also the banner says League Champs 1946. Yeah. So maybe it's just for like the tennis team or like athletes or something, you know, like some sort of like pre-event reception. Yeah. I don't know. I have questions also. And also, why is it at Dorothy's home? Is she the student council president? (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my God. Where's Stan also? (laughs) It's not like anybody died or anything. And then (laughs) Blanche mouthing perfect. Yeah. So great. We actually don't get a lot of mouthing words. I think because it's difficult, obviously, for a television medium to, like, do that. But that was really funny. (laughs) Yeah. It's very good physical comedy. (laughs) Also, the fact that Sophia actually calls Rose a yutz, which is, like, not often, like, used for anyone other than Stan, really. Yeah. And it's usually (laughs) a gendered insult, I feel. Exactly. I think the same thing, too. So, um... So, Feminism. <laughs> can we talk about Sicily, eighteen fifty-two? We sure can. <laughs> Disillusioned Italy. I do love the Sicily, eighteen fifty-two bit, and she's like, "What? We can't learn from history." <laughs> yes, it's so good. You were alive it's in eighteen fifty-two. <laughs> such a great response to it, you know. And like the whole story is wonderful, and like it's really good writing because it matches perfectly with what kind of a story Sophia would tell before, but it takes it to another level. Like the, just the delivery of the line. Coincidentally, this was also the night his wife Rosa hit her sexual peak. <laughs> and there's so much to that too of like, do women hit a sexual peak on a single night? <laughs> yeah. It's really hilarious, but I just love the um, you know, like screwing around in the bedroom when there are important things to do outside. Oh my god. It's like it's just such a great little twist of where, you know, like where the hell this story's going. And like Dorothy is proxy for us watching it going where the hell is the story going and it just comes back around brilliantly and such a good pun and just up- applause to the writer who wrote that line <laughs> that yeah <whole> bit. <laughs> the scene is good I I like honestly it's it's interesting because this is another one where I I know Dorothy's upset about something but I always think of that story like kind of on its own like it's its own sort of like golden girls piece you know yeah, yeah. um and I wouldn't say that it's like it's not it doesn't live up to my expectations because it it definitely does but I think that this time when I was watching this episode so actively I was like this I always thought of this as like such a really like um above average funny scene and I actually Mm -hmm. think in the context of this episode it just kind of fits with everything else because this episode is so funny like I it it didn't exactly stand out for me as much as I expected it to interesting it like Um, holds its own because everything else is at the level yeah exactly and I mean it's so great like that's not a I'm not you know it's not a dig at it it's just um more of a nod to like how many other funny things happen in this episode um but it's very nice it's a real like tender like Sophia is you know, like, she's making a point, but I do think there's, like, a tenderness to her and to, like, her sitting next to Dorothy on the bed. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like it. And I think also, like, Dorothy, when Dorothy has to, like, get up and go out and, like, announce to the party, and then Sophia's like, Trudy's dead! It's such a great follow-up <laughs> to know. that scene. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Yeah, and, and that is playing to the strengths of each of these characters, too, right? Like, that, when Dorothy is really upset, 
this goes back to like the whole thing we were talking about in the beginning where it's like it's not quite Dorothy to like bend so much in this like weird competitive prank direction um and I feel for her like I feel like that that's really her and then of course like it's really Sophia who would just bluntly fucking tell people could get it over with (laughs) totally it's incredible um but yeah so so anyway but then this whole audience the audience reaction when they walk in to Dorothy and Jack in the bed is like is great (laughs) it's such a fabulous reaction there's like a really funny like dude laughing in the background that stands out from all the others it's just like that whole studio audience vibe is like way better than like you know uh Sophia and Max or like you know um Michael and and Bridget like they're just there's so there's so many of these like walking in on people in bed scenes but this one gets like the biggest reaction I think it's so surprising yeah I don't know it's so funny and it's like they're <laughs> they also like are wearing their clothes right so the blanket is yeah, like yeah. A, an unnaturally high place which is also really funny like there's like a physical comedy piece to it yeah um it's great I think it's a really really like it's a great sort of like end to the episode <laughs> yeah I asked you first <laughs> yeah <laughs> so good but yeah, I think, and then, you know, like we said before, it's like this whole, <laughs> like, yeah, you just, it just suddenly occurred to you. And then you asked Jack, like, when did this all happen? This was a very quick move. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, quick, she's about to appear. Let's do this. You know, and it's, <laughs> anyway, it's just, <clears throat> it's funny to me because I don't know. What do you think about like the psychology of a person like Trudy McMahon? Because obviously she is more into these weird jokes and like seems to be completely in earnest when she has that whole speech where she's just like, whatever, it was just a joke. And Blanche is like, we're not in high school anymore, girl. Like we're at the age where people die. Like, what are you talking about? Which is a perfectly valid reaction. To have. Right. Like what, where do you think Trudy's head is at? Is she just like total weirdo? Like where does this come um, from? It's psych, which means psycho. That's where my <laughs> that's where I go. Um, actually, so I looked up. There was a an article in the New York Times um, from two thousand eight, and it was written on April Fool's Day, and it was basically oh. like not like a profile exactly, but it was like what is the psychology behind practical jokes, and you know, like how do you get to it? And there's a quote in there um, from this guy who's basically like a practical joker and a fire department that he's in, and he says like. You want to play on people's weaknesses or dislikes, but you don't want to go too hard. And it's like you can use dark humor to cope with something, yeah. but you don't want to push it too far. And I think like this is a classic example of going like obviously way too far. <laughs> yeah. And I think like it's kind of like we've talked about um, surprises. And for me, the thing I associate with surprises is like the manipulation and like the bad emotions that you feel in the interim before the big reveal. And even when those are not like you've said, I think uh, on here, like, you know, you like to keep that to a minimum and you don't want to make anyone feel bad to like bring them up again. Yeah. But I think that all of that really puts me off. And like, I don't I don't know. I feel like practical jokes can be funny if it's like a quick resolve. But obviously this is like an extreme interpretation of like a practical joke on both ends, I would say, but obviously more from Trudy. You're right. And like the quick resolve is I think very key here. (laughs) 
it's yeah like, right it's, it's like, like you okay. can't be mourning your friend for an entire day <laughs> like be able to announce it to an entire party yeah exactly and it's funny because like what in that scene what i think about is um you know sophia's funeral in which rose fails to mention that she hasn't died and it's like it's that's an accident that's a mistake but it still has this like same terrible feeling associated with it and this is purposeful right it's really hilarious and it's just yeah it is there's there's a psychological issue that trudy has here that she has never grown out of and it's really kind of fucked up and kind of sociopathic Um, yeah exactly (laughs) but i think it's funny that you know i that's such an important distinction of like surprises and these like pranks i guess like also there is there's an element of it where some people could find it fun and some people wouldn't right because of that unknowing and it's it's great to hear you articulate like what about surprises that like you you know that you feel viscerally first which is the bad stuff right as opposed to the good stuff which is really fascinating um and pranks are another level, right? Because pranks right. are like purposefully to make you kind of feel like a buffoon, whether it's like for a second or like <laughs> this long afternoon, right? <laughs> like high school reunion. So like either way, you know, really fascinating. But um, but yeah, I just I, I just wanted to get into that a little bit because yeah, I don't have an answer for like what the fuck happened in Tree's life or why she hasn't changed these past twenty something, thirty something years. Um but uh but yeah it just it just struck me because it's like okay if you're really going to take this seriously it's like okay you really somebody needs to have a talk with this girl yeah <laughs> you can't be doing this shit man no and you know what is funny is like i actually am now remembering that i took like a basically like a home ec class in high school yeah. and it was literally just like prank a palooza like my group <laughs> all we did was like <laughs> play jokes on each other Prank and I, I remember like tying someone's apron to a drawer and then like having them you know like rush off and like the whole drawer pulled out and like there's another like really mean one that I don't even want to share but I just want to apologize publicly to Mrs. Waite who was my home ec teacher in ninth grade um for the mean jokes but I guess like that's the point is like you know a lot of things I did or like we did when we were younger are not necessarily appropriate when we're adults and it's like not to have that level of um awareness you know like yeah and like like you said like maybe faking your death when you're in high school is okay in some circles but like Blanche well, yeah right exactly right well she had to make the town pay <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay but yeah and this is this is so funny because it's so relevant to what I was saying before about my reunion of just like I, I feel like I'm so many years out from like caring about so many things because that's like technically what you're supposed to do right like that that's the growth that when you move out of like the full world centered on you and how contained you are, most of us are in high school of like how small your universe is and how big a part of your small universe you are. And the, you know, you hopefully change and you see more of the world and you like understand your place in it. And then there's a lot of pettiness and a lot of horrible teenage shit, honestly, that like should melt away (laughs) you know you shouldn't even be compelled by it anymore and it's it's fascinating that it's one of these things where it's like 
you haven't changed a bit and you're like that's a bad thing yeah exactly no you should you should feel guilty about your behavior (laughs) you should be you should be changing dude i gotta figure it out so hopefully jack because he seems like a level-headed guy can can pull you out of some of your shit yeah big deal i got in bed with dorothy it was a joke (laughs) i mean seriously but yeah like if there's a if somebody wanted to like do maybe we should get a psychologist on and like talk about like a psychological profile of a few supporting characters definitely trudy mcfan is one of the ones i would love to to delve into yeah what's her damage we gotta find out <laughs> seriously <laughs> okie dokie well that's all i've got for till death do us molly what about you yep that's it all right well join us next time we're going to discuss things that make us anxious like cat allergies playing monopoly-esque games and lousy pizza <laughs> take care <laughs>